book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 31. 1 Samuel 31 and verse number 6. So Saul died and his three sons and his armor bearer and all his men that same day together. And when the men of Israel that were on the other side of the valley and they that were on the other side Jordan saw that the men of Israel fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they forsook the cities and fled and the Philistines came and dwelt in them. And it came to pass on the morrow when the Philistines came to strip the slain that they found Saul and his three sons fallen in Mount Gilboa. And they cut off his head and stripped off his armor and sent into the land of the Philistines round about to publish it in the house of their idols and among the people. And they put his armor in the house of Ashtaroth and they fastened his body to the wall of Bethshan. And when the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead heard of that which the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and went all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan and came to Jabesh and burnt them there. And they took their bones and buried them under a tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. What a sad end to a once promising life. They took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan and came to Jabesh and burnt them there. And they took their bones and buried them under a tree. I want to preach for a little while tonight on the subject, bury the dead man. Bury the dead man. God, I pray that you would anoint me to preach. I ask you, God, to let the power of your spirit rest upon this place. Not by power. Not by might, but by your spirit, Lord. I pray, God, that your anointing would come upon me to preach. I pray, God, that your anointing would come upon this congregation to hear. And, God, that we would mix the word with faith, that it might profit us. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, confirm your word with signs following. God, that when we walk out of this place, God, that we'll be different than we were when we came in. I ask you, God, that there'll be some things that'll be buried at this altar tonight and never dug back up again for the rest of somebody's life. In the name of Jesus, I ask you, God, to let there be an anointing that comes upon me and this congregation together, that as a body, as your church, God, that we'll step into a dimension of the supernatural. And we'll see your glory fill this place. God, I would like to see the cloud of your glory rest on this place like it did when Solomon prayed. God, I pray that your anointing would fill this house in such a way 
God, that people are eternally changed by the power of your spirit and through the bondage-breaking anointing of your word, oh God. Let it be done in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a praise tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's right. Now lift your voice with that hand clap. Lord, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I praise your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Dangerous things happen in our lives when we begin to look to the world for our influence. Israel was always intended to be God's people. They were never designed to look to the world for their examples. However, that being said, they came to the prophet Samuel one day and they asked Samuel to find them a king that would judge them like all the nations round about them. The problem was they were never supposed to be like all the nations around them. It was never in God's design for Israel to be like any other group of people in the world. He gave them dietary codes. They were not to eat like other people. They were not to talk like the other nations. They were not to look like the other nations. They were not to act like the other nations. They were intended to be a holy nation designed by God for himself. There was nothing about Israel that should resemble a pagan nation. May I tell you tonight, there is a terrible price to be paid when the church tries harder to be like the world than they try to be like God wants them to be. Amen. You need to be careful what you ask from God. You might get it. Israel said, we want a king. We want to be like everybody else. We want what the world has. Give us a king like our neighbors have. Samuel was crying over Israel's request. And God said, don't cry. How long are you going to mourn? They have not rejected you. They have rejected me. Anytime that we want what the world has more than we want what God has. It's a rejection of the God that breathed life into our spirit and into our soul. Israel didn't think they were rejecting God, but when you walk away from his precepts, that's exactly what we're doing, is rejecting God. You can't have the world and God too. You can't serve two masters. You can't be worldly and godly at the same time. You can't be carnal and holy at the same time. God said they rejected me. When they decided they wanted to be like the world, they were rejecting my rule over them. They never said anything about not wanting God to be part of their culture. They never said they were through with God. But when you decide to put God in a secondary position to a king of this world, it's, you might as well reject him. He said, I'm either Lord of all or I'm not Lord at all. You can't have it both ways. It's me or it's the world. It's the Holy Ghost or it's the world. 
Amen. You can't be a holy vessel for God and keep defiling your vessel as well. Do you want to have a prophet or do you want to have a king? Do you want a man of God who hears from God and will speak the word? Or do you want a carnal king like Saul? Amen. They preferred Saul. And so God let them have their way. He gave them exactly what they asked for. And it was not long until they regretted their decision. Saul started with potential. Head and shoulders above all the other men of Israel. And then he ended as a miserable failure. He started out in a good way. But he ended up far from God. In the end, Saul decided he didn't need God. He was carnal. He was backslidden. And he found himself at the house of a witch. A place that he never dreamed he would be when he started out. You get to decide where the slide starts. But you don't get to decide where it ends. You can decide you don't want God. But you, the devil decides where the party ends for you. You can decide, I don't want to live for God. I don't want what this church teaches and preaches. I want to have my way. And you can have that decision today. But you don't get to decide what it puts you and your family and your children through. The best thing in the world to do is to say, God, whatever I got to do to be holy, that's what I want to do. God, whatever I got to do to be saved, that's what I got to do. I don't want this world. Many times people's lives start off with much promise. I've known people over the years that had potential written all over them. They should have accomplished much. They had all the potential in the world. Only to see them having wasted their life on this world. They should have been something amazing for the kingdom of God. But they wasted it on the world. And they wasted it on sin. Do you know anyone in your life who should have been, could have been, would have been, but now is like Saul? The world is filled with people who are unfulfilled potential. People who had great plans for life, but it seems as if it's all crashed down around them. There are people everywhere who are frustrated because their life didn't turn out how they thought it would. May I tell you, Saul's whole life ended up as a failure. By the time it was over, it was a total loss. Saul ended up a complete and utter failure, dying at the end of his own sword with an arrow wound and an Amalekite chasing him. Saul became a national disgrace. He was the symbol of failure and disappointment. He was the poster child for what happens when you turn your back on God and his ways. He was a symbol of the, of the national backsliding and the weakness of the nation of Israel. He represented all of their failures and all of their mistakes. The Philistines took the body of Saul and they hung it on the wall of the city of Bethshan. 
The word Bethshan means the house of ease or the city of ease. And that was always Saul's downfall. Always trying to find the easy way out. Lounging under trees instead of taking care of business. Sitting in comfort while David fights the giant. Trying to serve God easy is a death sentence for your soul. If you try to find the easiest way to live for God, you'll end up on the heap of failures uh, one after the other. God asks for 100% commitment and anything less is an invitation to failure. Brother Wilson has often said, I think it was Brother Burge that he quotes, that he said he had an old raspy voice and said, if you live for God hard, it will be easy. But if you live for God easy, it will be hard. I'm telling you, it's time for us to take our life to another level and give God our 100% everything. I don't want to share my life with this world and get to the end of my road and think what I could have done, what I would have done, what might have happened if I'd have given it my best. I don't want to live half in and half out and waste my life. I don't want any of these young people to be shouting on a Sunday night and then be smoking dope on a Friday night. It's time for us to straighten up and live for God. Don't become a song. Don't become Saul. Don't become Saul. Don't become Saul because you look for the easiest way, the least commitment possible. May I tell you, every one of you young folks ought to be in this choir just because you need to do everything you can while you can. Saul was a reminder of failure. Now... Where he started out as the king with the crown on his head. Now he's a headless body hanging from the wall of the city of ease. His body as a trophy of the enemy. His bones rattling as the wind blows. Always reminding Israel of their failures. Always reminding them of their mistake. We never should have asked for Saul. We never should have asked for a king. We should have just done what God said do. We should have just obeyed what God said. But because of our bad decisions and our stubbornness to get our own way, now we have the body of, of Saul hanging on the wall of the city, always reminding us about our failure, always reminding us about our mistakes. Israel was ready to move on. There was a man by the name of David who was anointed by Samuel. David was a man after God's own heart. He was a giant killer, a bear killer, a lion killer. He was a worshiper. He was not a man that was afraid to praise God even when his wife made fun of him. He wasn't concerned even about what the closest people to him thought about it. He gave God his all. He was anointed of God. And Israel was ready for their new anointing, for their fresh anointing, for their fresh baptism. Let me just turn the page. 
Let me just turn the page on my past. Let me just turn the page and pretend like it never happened. Let me just pretend like I never had that issue. Let me just pretend like it never happened. But every time that they want to step into their new Davidic anointing, there's that body of Saul that refuses to let them go. That they're ready to move on into their fresh anointing. The bodies of Saul and his children are hanging on the wall. I want to move on. I don't want to be hindered by my past. Let me just forget about all the mistakes I've made. Let me just pretend like these bones aren't there. Let me just put a nice suit and tie on. And let me walk in with a smile. And in the back of my mind, the whole time I'm trying to worship, I hear those bones rattling in the back of my mind, reminding me about my mistake, reminding me about my failure, reminding me about what I did, reminding me about how I walked away from the will of God. I want my David anointing. I want my fresh anointing. I want my new beginning. But I can't move on because the things of my past just will not let me go. I can't get rid of them. I can't silence them. I can't move on because you cannot move into your fresh anointing until you deal with your past mistakes. You can't step into your new life until you close the door on your old life. You can't have one foot in the past and one foot in the present and in the future and believe that you can have victory. I've come to preach to some people that every time you think you're ready to move on, the devil reminds you about all the things you did. When you're ready for your fresh anointing, the devil brings out the bones and says, you can't be be David. You can't be the nation of victory. You can't be the nation of praise. You can't be the nation of deliverance. You can't have your David anointing because all that past of Saul is still there. And as long as you let the past hang around, you're going to be hindered by it. You'll never move on. I've come to preach to some people that it's time to bury the dead man. He's hung there long enough. He's hung around long enough. It's time to bury the dead man. You've drugged Saul through your life over and over. But it's time to put Saul away. I've come to preach to some people that you're carrying guilt and shame for a past that you've lived, that you prayed about it. That's not the man you used to be. That's not the young lady you used to be. But at some point, you got to quit just ignoring it. And you got to say, God, whatever i got to do to get that out of my spirit, to get it off of my mind, then God, that's what I'm going to do. you got some stuff in your past that every time you try to move on, it creeps back up. And you get overcome by shame and guilt. And you're ready for your David, fresh anointing. But you got the bones of Saul that just won't let you go. You got some, some, I'm not just preaching to him. I'm preaching to everybody that there's some stuff in our life that God wants us to take care of tonight. Once and for all. God doesn't expect you to carry the bones of Saul around for the rest of your life. Sure, you made mistakes. 
Has anybody done anything you're not proud of? Does anybody have some skeletons in the closet that you wish could just go away? But every time you get ready to step into your David anointing, you hear that past and it tries to bring you down. I've come to tell you tonight, we're going to bury some bones in this place. You do not have to be haunted by the specter of Saul for the rest of your life. We're going to deal with some bones tonight. You ready to deal with some bones, Devin? You ready to deal with some bones, boys? Anybody here ready to deal with some stuff that you're tired of it reminding you? When we put it under the blood tonight, we're going to leave it there. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm trying not to wear it. We're already wore out, aren't we, Michael? Come, Come with me, Michael. Man, I love you. I'm proud of you. You've had chances to give up, haven't you? You've been tempted to give up, haven't you? But you still keep coming. You still keep coming. There's some skeletons, aren't there? There's some bones, aren't there? There's some stuff. That when you, that, that this when you think you're about to be over it, there it is again, right? Just when you think it's about to be over, there it is again. I'm going to tell you, Michael, you don't have to let that stuff bother you for the rest of your life. When the blood of Jesus covered you, it set you free. You're not the one that spent 13 years out in the world. You're not the one that did all that stuff that you did. That's not who you are anymore. That's all. And it's time to bury the dead man. I wish somebody would shout with me just a little bit right now. I wish somebody that's tired of Saul haunting you would just throw your hand in the air and say, God, let this word get in my spirit. Lift your hands all over this place. I'm not preaching for hype. I'm preaching right now to tell somebody you do not have to let your past haunt you forever. destroy the man you are. You don't have to let what was destroy what will be. You hear what I'm talking about? You understand what I'm preaching? You've been through some stuff. You've dealt with some stuff. But all that stuff doesn't have to follow you for the rest of your life. Amen. I'm preaching. I'm preaching to some people. I'm just handing out bones. That's all I'm doing. I'm just giving out bones. I got to do something with them. My wife said she doesn't want them coming back home. I don't know what I'm going to do if, if, I, if I don't have these guys around. Anybody have some stuff? Am I preaching to anybody tonight? That there's some things that you wish you could just get over. 
You wish you could just ignore it and it go away. You wish you could just act like it wasn't there. But every time you get ready to shout like David shouted and dance like David danced, uh, those old bones just rattle in the background and they won't let you go. I'm telling you tonight, the Bible said how you deal with a dead man. You got to bury the dead man. You got to put it down and you got to finish it. Anybody ready for the steps? Anybody ready to know how you bet? Let me tell you, the first thing they did, I don't know where the verse, I, you can throw the verse up, I might, it might be the right one, it might not. I don't know where in the world I'd look at that bald spot, dear God. <laughs> All the valiant men arose. At some point, you got to just take your stand. That you're going to deal with it. That we're not going to drag it out anymore. That we're not going to let it hang around anymore. At some point you got to get bold enough and bad enough and mad enough to say it stops here devil. You're not going to drag me down. Every time I get ready to step out you pull me down. It stops right now. I'm calling on people of faith tonight. To make a line in the sand and say this is where it ends right now. You got to get up. The brave people got to get up. The strong people got to get up. All the valiant men arose. And they went all night. They didn't put a time limit on it. Well if it doesn't happen in the next three minutes. If it doesn't happen during my favorite song. Then I just, it wasn't meant to be. No, you go all night if that's what it takes. You don't stop until you get your breakthrough. You don't just take a little effort and then think, well, I did enough. You didn't do enough until it's broken. And until you got victory, you just, if it takes all night. The valiant men arose and went all night. The Bible said they took the bones. They took the bodies of Saul and Jonathan. And what the Bible say? They took them off the walls of the city of Bethshan and what? Burnt them there. You cannot be cold and lifeless and expect to have victory over the stuff that you've done in your past. There's one way to deal with this stuff and it starts by being on fire. You can't expect dead, dry church and dead, dry worship and dead, dry drive. If you've got a past you need to bury, you need to be on fire for God. You need to start a fire right now. Instead of just watching, you need to be building a fire. Whatever you got to do to let the fire of the Holy Ghost get on you, that's what you need to do right now because you got to burn the bones. You can't be tepid, lukewarm, and cold and expect to keep victory. You can't be dead and dry and cold and expect to have victory over your past. you got to have a fire. God, put a fire in my soul. God, put a fire in this church. God, let this church be red hot with revival. Let us be red hot with prayer. Let us be red hot with worship. Let us be red hot with preaching. God, let us have fire. Because the only way to deal with the passage, you got to have fire. Somebody ought to say, God, set me on fire. You ought to say, God, set me on fire right now. Come on, I'm not preaching just to the ones that I always shout. I'm preaching to the ones that you say you want victory, but you don't respond in the spirit. You need to get a fire in your soul. It's the only way to deal with the past. you got to stay on fire. 
I've watched people get victory. And I've watched them do good and be on fire for a long time. But just as soon as you see them starting to slack up, their worship begins to slack. They don't come to the prayer room like they used to. When they do come, they don't really pray like they used to. They don't really worship like they used to. They, ought to, they used to be on the front row shouting, and now you don't even know if they're in the building anymore. And when you see that, you can tell the fire's gone out. And that's when the dead man comes back to life. you got to keep the fire burning in your soul. You cannot let up. Look, you can't let up on the devil. You can't let up on the devil. You gotta keep him under the fire. You gotta keep it under the fire. You got God, let me stay on fire for you. I watched Brother Poole preach the other night. I still don't know how he did that shuffle across the platform. He's 10 years older than I am. I watched Bishop Wilson preach the other day. He's 25 years older than I am. And I thought, God, as I grow older, y'all don't let me get spiritually lazy and lethargic. God, don't let me just say, well, that's just how I am now. God, help me somehow to keep building a fire in my spirit. I may not be able to jump as high as I used to. I may not be able to run quite like I used to, but I'm not going to settle for cold in my soul. I'm not going to settle for a cold walk with God. I'm not going to settle for a cold prayer life. If all I can do is wave my hand, then I'm going to wave it as best as I can. I got to be, you got to be on fire if you're going to have that. Oh, come on. Somebody ought to shout a little bit. Maybe your body won't let you, but you ought to at least wave your hand. God, I need the fire of Pentecost to burn in me one more time. God, don't ever let this church lose its fire. Oh, somebody ought to shout a little bit. Somebody ought to burn those bones right now. Come on, I'm not going to accept dead, deadness and coldness in my spirit. I'm not going to accept coldness in my prayer life. I'm not going to accept coldness when I go to pray and it's just dead and I don't feel anything. I'm going to keep pressing. God, don't ever let me accept coldness in my spirit. If I come to church and I don't feel it, then God, I want to press my way through anyway because I cannot let Saul come out of that grave. I got to keep him buried. I got to bury that dead man. I got to keep him down. I got to keep him down. And the only way, I got to start it by being on fire for God. God, set me on fire. Let me be a flame for you, God. Come on, anybody need a personal revival? Does anybody need a personal revival? I'm not talking about a church revival. I'm talking about a personal revival. God, I need a fresh fire. I need a fresh fire. I need a fresh fire in my spirit. Oh, God, I, I want to move on, but I can't right now. I feel like we're trying to peel some people up off of a pew that you need what I'm preaching but you got to make up your mind I don't want Saul to stay there God set me on fire set me on fire set me on fire it's time to bury the dead man folks come on somebody all over this place you ought to throw your hands up 
Whatever you gotta do, whatever you gotta do to get a breakthrough, that's what you ought to do. If I gotta look like a fool in front of everybody, I'm not living for you. I'm trying to get that dead man buried. Somebody without a saw. Somebody without a saw in their past may be able to just kind of play it by ear. Somebody without a saw in their past may be able to just to give half-hearted and be okay. But if you're dealing with a dead man, you got to get it on fire, folks. If you got a saw inside of you, you got to bury it. you got to burn it with fire of the Holy Ghost. God set us on fire. God, like an upper room, let a fire of Pentecost set in this place, oh God. Lord, I pray for another upper room experience for Bethlehem Church. I pray, God, let this church be so on fire that people that come in abused can find the Holy Ghost. That people that come in broken and wounded and addicted can find deliverance because the fire of the Holy Ghost burns the dead man out of our spirit. Come on, we're going to take some time here right now. We're going to take some time to let some more people step in. There's some more songs that need to be dealt with tonight. You got to live on fire. You got to be a burning flame of revival. You got to be a burning flame of revival. You cannot allow yourself to slack up. You can't let yourself get cold. You got to fight. You got to fight the urge to be cold and dead. You got to resist the pressure from the devil to be to be cold in your spirit. When you feel your prayer life starting to get cold, you got to resist that deadness in your prayer life and you got to push yourself towards the fire. You got to push yourselves toward the altar. When you feel your worship starting to get cold, you got to resist it because the devil's trying to resurrect Saul in your life. But I've come to bury the dead man tonight. Anybody feel what I'm preaching right now? Anybody feel the pool of the Holy Ghost right now? Does anybody, look, don't give up on yourself. God's not giving up on you. It's time, God, set me on fire. Come on, pray it all over this place, front to back. If you're not comfortable praying out loud, whisper it. But God, I need to be set on fire with a personal revival. Not a church-wide revival. I need a personal revival. I need the kind of revival that sets me on fire and keeps my soul under control. I've come to prophesy to somebody, there's a David anointing for you. There's a fresh anointing, a Davidic outpouring of the Spirit of God on your life. A new dimension, a, a new realm of His glory. A new, you're going to step into a new fresh place in the Holy Ghost. When you get this Saul out of your life, you're going to step into the greatest anointing that you've ever seen. There's a new kingdom for you to walk in.
Oh, come on, I'm prophesying to somebody. You're getting ready to step into a higher dimension of the glory of God, a fresh anointing of the Spirit. There's a coronation coming. As soon as 2 Samuel rolls around, there's a coronation for the king coming. David's going to be brought in and the people are going to recognize the anointing and they're going to crown him king and Israel's going to step into a place of victory and deliverance over their enemies and all the people around them are going to know that God is in Israel and that's on the next page. But that next page doesn't come until Saul is dealt with. Set these boys on fire. Let them walk in the fire of your anointing. Let God, let the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, I pray. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost move on these boys and girls. God, let them all, let them never know a cold church. Let them never know a cold Bethlehem. Never let them know a cold time. God, let the fires of revival burn in these altars. Then you got to bury it under a tree. That's the next thing they did. They took the bones, they burned them, and then they buried them under a tree. The metaphor is clear. You got to take it to the cross. And you got to bow down at the cross of Jesus Christ. And you got to lay your burdens down and say, Jesus, this is what the blood is for. The blood was shed. So I don't have to be an addict for the rest of my life. The blood was shed. So I don't have to deal with the shame of abuse for the rest of my life. The blood was shed so that I could be delivered from my shame and my guilt. I'm bringing it to the cross and I'm going to bury him at the cross. And when I bury it, I'm not going to pick it up anymore. I'm going to leave it there. What you ought to do is you ought to bring your bones to the cross and you ought to bury them and then quit digging them up and saying what you used to do and used to be, that's not who I am anymore. That's not what I am anymore. It's buried. It's over. It's done. I'm leaving it at the cross and I'm not going to let the devil dig it back up. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to preach to someone that it's time, right? You got to take it to the cross, and once you put it under the blood, you quit digging it back up. And if the devil ever tells you you're an addict again, you tell him the devil's a liar. It's under the blood of Jesus. When he tells you you're worthless, you tell him to shut his mouth. You're not worthless. You've been blood-bought. You were paid for by the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody. 
I'm going to bury these bones. I'm going to bury them. I'm going to put them down at the cross. And when I walk out of here, I'm not going to let the devil badger me with that stuff anymore. time he tried to tap me on the shoulder and tell me what I used to be. You better get thee behind me, Satan. I don't have time to mess with you anymore. You got to deal with Jesus because that's at the foot of his tree now. It's not my burden anymore. It's his. It's not my past anymore. It's covered by the blood of Jesus. It's over and I'm done with it. Somebody ought to throw their hands up in the air and let God breathe a fresh joy into your spirit. You ought to let him baptize you with the joy of deliverance. You ought to let him baptize you with the joy of the Holy Ghost. You ought to have a shout in your foot. You ought to have a shout in your voice. You ought to have a praise in your heart. It's so I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm done. I dare somebody that's been carrying the burden of guilt for all these years, even though you put it under the blood, you carry shame day after day. You need to say, Jesus, you took my shame away at the cross. You bore it at the cross so I wouldn't have to bear for the rest of my life. He endured the cross, despising the shame. He dealt with shame on the cross. You ought to throw your hands up and say, God, give me a fresh baptism of joy. Oh, come on, come on, come on. It's time now for you to press into it. Come on, lay your hand on somebody and say, God, baptize my brother or sister with the joy of the Lord. Let a fresh anointing of peace and joy come on somebody this morning. Oh, that's right. Come on, lift your voice. I'm not what I used to be. I'm not what I was. I'm not what I was. I'm not what I was. That is not who I am. That is not who I am. That is not my identity anymore. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm a brand new man. I've been washed in the blood. I've been covered by His grace. I've been washed by His mercy. I'm a new man. Come on, let's push in the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bury that man. I put it under. I put it under the cross. 
I put it under my feet. I've got the victory. The God of peace shall crush Satan under our feet shortly. It's buried. It's buried. Come on, declare it. It's buried right now in the name of Jesus. Come on right now. Put it under. Put it under. Put it under. Put it under. Bury it. I get it out of my life. I will not let it last any longer. I'm tired of looking at it. I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of being reminded of it. I put it under. I put it under. I put it under my feet. Come on, put it under right now. Bury it. Get your shovel out and start digging right now. Get your shovel out and dig that hard clay up. Dig it up and put it under. Dig it up and put it under. Come on, dig, 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 dig. Dig, 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 dig. Right now, it's about time to start getting in warfare prayer. Right now, it's time to start fighting against the enemy with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Declare the Word of God over your life. Declare the Word of God over your family. Declare the Word of God over your ministry. You shall live because the old man is dead. You shall have life because the old is gone. Bury it now. Come on, go to war. Go to war. Go to war. Go to war. Set it on fire. I don't want to see it again. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. For the Spirit makes intercession for you. When you don't know how to pray as you are, pray in the Holy Ghost and intercede for your family right now. In Jesus' name.
Can we dig a little bit more? Can we dig a little bit more? Come on, break up the fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord. Break up that fallow ground in your life. For it is time to seek the Lord. That he may rain righteousness upon us. He's ready to pour down rain. But you got to bury the old seed. You got to plant it. You got to put it in the ground. So that new life can come up. Come on, bury it. Bury it. Bury it. Bury it. it away and you see it again dig a little bit deeper dig a little bit deeper dig a little bit deeper come on right now in the Holy Ghost dig with your prayers dig until you feel a breakthrough come on in the name of Jesus dig until you feel a breakthrough dig until you know it's gone dig until you know it won't you won't see it again in Jesus name
more thing before we keep going. This morning he preached that our greatest devil is not the devil himself, but it's really our self. It's really our old self that we've got to put under our feet, that we've got to bury. We're about to sing this part that says stomp, 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 stomp on the devil. And I want you to imagine that old man, that old you, that used to be you, but ain't you no more. And you're going to start stomping on the enemy's head. You're going to stomp on what you used to be and say, devil, look at me now. I'm on top of what I used to be. My ceiling has now become my floor. What held me down is now under me. Shout! 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 
Sing it. My dance will cross Satan. 
The enemy is under your feet. How many know tonight that that old man that you brought to church is now buried under your feet? You're not leaving here the same. If you know tonight that you're not leaving here the same, why don't you give the Lord a praise and let the devil know that you know that you're delivered. life-changing words and I truly truly believe that you're leaving here different amen let's lift our hands one more time and pray unto the Lord father we thank you for the words that you've spoken to us with such authority and boldness we thank you God for the chains that have been broken in this place and the strongholds that have been torn down and the yokes that have been destroyed God, we give you the glory and honor and praise for it. And God, we pray the word of God will be settled in our soul. That it would be sown into good ground tonight. And let it bring forth much fruit. And we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus. Clap your hands one last time. And why don't you shout hallelujah in victory. Hallelujah. You may be dismissed tonight in the fear of the Lord.